good afternoon from the Dog Bowl in Berea, Ohio. Day one of the 2019 Cleveland Browns training camp is in the books. I'm Jason Gibbs. He's Andrew Gribble. He's Nick Shook with a little sunscreen on today. And this is the best podcast available day one of training camp uh, recap. And coming up, you'll hear from Odell Beckham Jr., We'll give you our game balls. We'll throw out a number of things here. In the next 30 minutes, we'll recap you on everything that went down here in Berea today and get you ready for day two on Friday. Another day with no pads, but a day closer to contact, which we like. And I think there was plenty of contact today, actually, by the way. A little extra extracurricular activity uh, going on early in practice. Maybe some guys new to the league or new to this environment don't necessarily understand that without pads it's not a hundred percent full go it's more like 50 to 75 percent hey you get excited pretty easily out there and there's this is a there's there's fewer roster spots open on this team than we're used to seeing there's guys fighting out there they know that there's a big sector of guys in this team know that they have long odds to get there and I, i think that you you're going to go out and, and try to impress on every single rep that you're out there, and I think coaches like to see that. But to an extent, you don't want to you don't want to damage the merchandise. It's like yeah. say you don't want to get they, like there was a play out there today where Baker was scrambling, and I was just like, why don't they just blow this play dead? Like just <laughs> we don't need to see this. Like let's just stop it now. But they let those plays kind of filter out. But it's 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 just the mentality because you don't want accidents to happen. Like yeah. the, it would never. No one intentionally hurt one of these players, but. When you're out there, you, you can channel Step some. Wrong. Yeah, you can channel your inner whatever it is that makes you a good football player, and 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 all of a sudden, <laughs> you, you did something bad. That you get caught off balance or something like that. Today we saw, uh, I believe it was Derek Willies catch a touchdown pass, and as he stepped into the end zone, we saw Sheldrick Redwine kind of trying to pull up, and as he pulled up, Derek ran into him, and because. Redwine was off balance and was, you know, just kind of slowing down. He got drilled right in the chest and flattened onto the ground. You know, I mean, it's just that's what happens. It's incidental contact, and it's just the speed of the game. Yeah, no question about it. It is the 25th overall and the 21st consecutive season. Uh, The team is holding training camp at the Cleveland Browns Training and Administrative Complex here in Berea in the Dog Bowl. Coming up again, as I mentioned, you'll hear from Odell Beckham Jr., You'll hear from Baker Mayfield as well. Right now, though, guys, um, I need a big takeaway. One big takeaway from each one of you after today's uh, workouts. I'm going first because I'm going to take Odell Beckham Jr. He was really good. He lived up to the hype. And Didn't just, need that OTA and yeah. everything. It just was just and it, it was there. just neat to see even before. I mean, clearly the the sequence where he made back to back catches on the sideline was fantastic. Had a touchdown later in the practice where he really just ran a stem route that just left Denzel Ward kind of flat footed out there, oh. and it just was he was just wide open uh, and just showed you what he what he can do on the field. But it was just neat to I think it was one of the first plays in 11-11s where him and, and Jarvis were literally right next to each other. And then Jarvis like kind of moved out in motion. But, you know, we were here last year and just going nuts over the fact that the Browns had like a real wide receiver on this team in Jarvis Landry, like a, a legitimate guy that was going to make impressive catches, practiced really hard, uh, and it rubbed off on a lot of guys. And now all of a sudden Jarvis is like, it's him and Odell like it's 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 two of the best wide receivers in the NFL on the field together and that's when you kind of realize this is real this is what you have on offense and you you really are wondering how are all these guys going to get involved I think we saw Rashard Higgins make a few plays with the first team 
uh, you saw Duke Johnson make a number of, of plays with the first team on little dump passes. So this is an offense with a lot of weapons. And just to see Odell in front of a crowd the first day with a crowd here, uh, it just showed you what we can expect uh, in September, just the the popularity that this team has with some of the, the star players that they've acquired in the last couple of years. It's funny because you know all of this attention is paid to Odell, and we all know everything that he brings to the table, or at least we're aware of his stardom, and that is, of course, rooted in his ability to play the game of football. But until you see it on the field and you see it in 11-on-11, 11 11, it never really quite hits you. But then once it does happen in front of you, like it did today, you know, you say it's it, now it's Jarvis and Odell. Well, it's Odell and Jarvis, and because everyone's all of a sudden turned and looking at Odell and watching him make these incredible catches, and nobody's even got any pads on. He's blowing by guys, and he's he's winning the close matchups as well. Terrence Mitchell had some really good coverage on him in two back-to-back really good receptions early in this practice. So you pay all of this attention to that. And then all of a sudden, Jarvis Landry is right there catching a pass underneath or going down the seam or catching a pass down the sideline, and he's beating his man, and these are good defenders. And that's when you realize, oh, my, is this receiving core very talented. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had a guy like Antonio Callaway couldn't get a rep with the first-team offense today. That was a starting receiver on your team for the majority yeah. of the season. And he's really good. Pretty impressive. He's going to play a lot this season. But it, with, with the way things are lined up today, he's with the second team. And I don't want to shortchange Denzel Ward today. Yeah. Because despite Odell having a couple really good grabs and Odell having a good day, Denzel Ward looked pretty darn good today. No, he's confident. And yeah. I think he had a he had a, a really good pass breakup midway through practice. Uh, and I think this is only going to be better for Denzel. I'm, I, I I can look at the schedule right now, and it's just when when does he face a receiver on the level of Odell Beckham? Uh, I don't think he does. So I, I'm, I'm just scanning right now. I just don't think he does. There's no one. Yeah. There's no one that's going to test him the way that Odell Beckham tests him right now. This is only going to make him better. So this is for week one. He's going to go up against Corey Davis after facing Odell for a month. Now. Corey Davis is all right. It's not Odell Beckham Jr. I like our odds. Yeah, yeah. I like I, I like what we're doing with Denzel, and I also it, it's going to make these other corners better. I mean, it's going to make yeah. uh, a TJ Carey, Terrence Mitchell, Greedy Williams eventually if we, if he if he gets back to seeing some first team defensive reps. It's going to make these guys better because you don't want to come out here and get embarrassed in front of a few thousand fans every day. Yeah, I think looking down that schedule, probably the best receiver that he's going to face next year is is a hopefully healthy A.J. Green for the for the Bengals' sake. I mean, that's somebody you see twice a year, but he's already seen him you know, before. It's somebody that the Browns are familiar with because he's been in the division for a long time. So, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> there's no better place, I think, to, to get better as a defense and as an individual player than – during practice and since we're at the start of training camp we're going to see a lot of that this year my big takeaway though doesn't even have to do with the players on the field so much as it has to do with the fans you know we expected a big turnout but I don't know if it's another it might be one of those situations again like Beckham where you think it and you envision it but it's never real until it happens and for me this is also kind of a a a special moment for me because it's it's my first training camp practice with you know the organization so it was a new experience for me as well but to see all the fans i mean we're talking five six deep all the way back to the fence every bleacher is packed people are chanting you know here we go brownies here we go and 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 then that first roar, that first catch that Beckham made today when the whole everybody in the bleachers and everybody watching erupted because he was a little sleepy early on. I came out and I, 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 I said it to a couple people. I'm like, it's awful quiet. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like maybe this well, is how the morning camp, practices camp, are, and I just forgotten camp, about. That. Camp's a slow build because you have stretch with some music. People are getting excited, yeah, and then but, you go into about forty minutes of individuals, and, and that can get kind of boring. Yeah. yeah, that can get a little dull. Yeah, but, but they woke up with that first catch, and, and the excitement was there for quite some time before it went back into you know working into special teams, and individual drills, and coming back around for the latter portion. Which at that point, some people have to leave; they got to go different places. It's a Thursday, it's a work day, and it's around noon. Yeah. So you know, not everybody's going to be able to come, but man, what a turnout for the first. First day of practice and people were really decked out in all their browns gear and all the custom uh posters and signs that people brought in and the custom jerseys and just man there's there's just more excitement surrounding this team and this is a a, a passionate football town already you don't have to do a lot to get these people excited but whew, it's through the roof after just one okay. practice i i got here at 7 45 this morning practice no, nowhere was to park. At 10. I, I parked down the street i don't even try to go to the lot over here I'm like, I'll just park at the corner. I have a nice little stroll in in the morning, you know, walk by some fans and kind of gauge what's going on. And I think I got one of the last spots in the grass parking lot. Yeah, I, I somehow I somehow found a way in there at around nine o'clock, but I was uh, I'm not sure who I blocked in to do so. <laughs> I mean, I think, but it's 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 crazy because today they played on field three, which is the backfield with the smallest set of bleachers. Yep. When they move it out to field one and field two, that's when you're gonna. St- feel the atmosphere even more here so i would think we're on schedule for it to be out there once the pads get on and i would imagine tomorrow you know with friday's practice being the end of the work week maybe some people cut out of work earlier they take a day off they grab it's, their it's kids all, it's, it's july still summer, yeah and they all come in and they come in in droves and yeah if we do see the action more on those other two fields that are closer to the building with the bigger set of leisures and also the vip areas and you know, there's some second level tents and, and stuff like that where people can congregate Oh man, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be like that for probably a week or so, and and rightfully so. You know, these fans should be excited, and I think more than anything, they were just excited to be able to congregate together and watch their football team, even if they weren't even wearing pads. I, I feel bad for the teams that don't do this. Like I just don't, I don't like get the it. Eagles who have one practice. One Raiders don't have any. Like I just, this is maybe it wouldn't be like this in other cities, but it just like but why it not is, do it? Like watch it on TV, watch NFL networks around training camp. Like Twelve hours, Lambeau, of coverage. It's like the the number of people. Like, yeah. why would you not do this? Yeah, it's it's just I, I can't believe the teams are that secretive or whatever reasons the, they have. But yeah. that I it would it would I would hate to see this ever go in a different direction of having less of these. And you know, on that point too, Freddie made a good point today after practice when somebody asked him about you know was he involved with the decision to have fifteen open practices. And I think the big point that he made there that was important was that he understands that this is a passionate and unique fan base in town and region, but not that, that not everybody can afford to go to a game on Sunday. Let's face it, yeah. the NFL is an expensive business. It's an expensive place to attend. you got to account for tickets, parking, concessions, whatever else that is involved. But they wanted to make sure that as many fans as possible could come do this and come do it for free. And I think that's very important because – it's a loyal fan base that has been through some tough times, and I think they should be rewarded and, and be able to attend something like this. My big takeaway, a practice that went over two hours. Yeah. <laughs> two hours and almost 15 minutes, to be exact. Nice to see. I love the tempo. I just loved how it, it, it moved here from start to finish. Yeah. It was, And maybe it's because of who we have on our football team and, and the expectations, but just – There was energy right from the get-go. I felt like there was pretty good energy and guys getting after it. I liked how the sessions were mapped out. Um, You know, sometimes those special team sessions that we all kind of occasionally roll our eyes at, 
which we shouldn't based on how important that it is after last year and looking at what's going on this year in terms of that being the main competition, uh, it, it was nice to see where that got slotted. It, it felt it never felt like there was a lull. You know, I mean, the individual stuff is what it is, but you still you're watching guys. You're like, wow, look what's going on over here. What's going on over here with the running backs? What's going on with the linemen? You know, I'm watching which the, which quarterbacks throw into who. You know, tight ends. What are they doing? It was it was constantly. Uh, I, I just thought it was a good pace, and I like seeing practices go the full length and then some. Yeah, there was very little time wasted, and I feel like, you know, we had that inside That's look. That's the key right there. Yeah. We had that inside look last year from Hard Knocks, and we got to see how Jarvis was kind of trying to change the culture. But I think he was alone or maybe a man of just a few people in a group who really wanted to attack practice and, and really took it to that next level. Well, now he's got a teammate in Odell who arguably practices even harder than him, and I think that raises the level of competition among everyone. And let's face it, you know, these are two very talented units on offense and defense. They're also going to be very competitive, and we saw the first bits of that today because they were chirping at each other early on in these team sessions. I think it's going to be something that's going to come up a lot in the future. There might be something to this with it being in the morning because maybe there were some times last year in training camp where you get to the guys near the end of the day and you sure. look at them as a coach and you're like, ah, these guys are zonked out by now. They've already been outside for an hour and a half for a walkthrough. Like they've been through a full day of uh, you know classroom type of stuff and everything like that, you know, maybe that's the advantage of having in the morning, like, all right, these guys can, if we're going to go long, we can just give them a little bit of a longer break. You know, we can do, we can make adjustments to the schedule. So maybe that's an advantage with the, with the morning practices. And, you know, again, this is a two and a half, two plus hour practice. They're not in pads. I mean, it's going to be a lot more grueling. Like you might as well get what you need to get done. Uh, You've got plenty of time left in the day. I think as someone who's not a morning person, I, if I were a coach, I would absolutely have practice in the morning. Like that goes against me. Even I don't even enjoy mornings. But it, no, you, I do just, not enjoy my alarm going off at the time it went off. No, but morning. you're more spry. You're more engaged, and you're more ready. To, when the sun's still doing this and not doing this, yeah. you're you're more uh, excited and interested in getting something done. All right, real quick, game balls, offense, defense, special teams. Anybody that stood out to you today, game ball. You know, I'm I'm going to do this based. It's, one, it's tough to tell, but. I just and I think this had, this affected some of Baker what he did today and some of the throws he missed. I, the defensive line is just looks really good. Like they just look. It, there would have been a lot of sacks today had there been contact. Um, they let some plays go longer when there probably would have been sacks. There were some clear sacks from Miles Garrett. There's just a lot of options with this group now where they're moving Miles all over the place. I, I just that group doesn't get talked about much, but that. That is an, a menacing-looking group, and it. I we saw it today, and they were giving – the offense got theirs occasionally, but they were giving the offense plenty of issues. Ogunjobi looked like Dikembe Mutombo. Wait, you, you don't see Baker get passes. It was impressive. Baker get his passes knocked down very much. No. And, and he had a, a few of them. We, we talked about the interior of this defensive line and really the, the front four in general, and we've you know maybe even at times salivated over the potential. But since today was the first time we really got to see it in action, I feel like – this is the first time where we got – we weren't at full speed, but we were pretty close um, without the pads where we first got our a good look at the potential of this group, and it's extremely exciting. It blew away my expectations, and I anticipate that the offensive line will have something to say about it once they do put the pads on. But, man, if they, if they are like they were in just today's session for most of the year, nobody's going to want to play this defense this year. No question about it. Game ball for you? Um, 
I'm going to go in, in two directions. We just raved about the interior of the, of the defensive line, but I'm going to go with um, Eric Cush, center. It, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult right now, you know, without the pads to really judge that. But from what I saw in terms of footwork, um, how well he maintained blocks and, and the firmness of his base, of his feet, man, he was really good today. He was good in teamwork while some other guys next to him struggled at, at still, you know, that right guard position still in flux. Um, Eric was very good as the second string center, and he was good in one-on-ones. And I think he's the most reliable backup you have right now. And, yeah, it's only day one. They have any pads on, but he looked really good. That's uh, that's where I'll go. Shocking that you went with a hog molly. To, hey, listen. To get going. I, t- I took a trip around the field in between the fields just to go watch their one-on-ones <laughs> while everyone else is watching seven-on-seven seven because that's where, I, that's where I do my dirty work. Uh, my, my game ball, obviously, you, you could have named it today. You could have named it the Odell Award. But – uh, Duke Johnson yeah. he's a guy uh, that showed yep. up today and there's been a lot of controversy there's been a lot of things swirling around he's had a tumultuous summer to say the least and spring for that matter man showed up man was here on Monday yeah was out on the field today I liked what I saw put everything to the side put whatever's going on with his contract and and everything else went about his business and did a really nice job I thought today even on special teams we saw a little bit and you, fa- and you know what the fans still love him too yeah they do oh yeah there was a lot of duke chance as soon as he got out there and also look there's a little bit of a window of opportunity for him because we know Kareem Hunt's going to be out for the first eight games but he's also not playing right now because of a groin injury so if we look at those details and then you see how many reps he got today he should be pretty encouraged I mean he's he's getting the ball a lot All right, those are today's takeaways and game balls. On to the news of the day here in Berea as day one of Brown's training camp wraps up on the best podcast available. I'm Jason Gibbs. He's Andrew Gribble. He's Nick Shook. And the biggest news of the day, uh, not a big surprise, Mike Daniels, the defensive tackle cut by the Packers. His first visit, Green Bay South, otherwise known as the (laughs) Cleveland Browns. So I uh, met with John Dorsey today for a few hours, spent some time, and uh, a guy that uh, we talked about how good the Browns' defensive line was today in practice. If a guy like Mike Daniels came here, I, I don't know where everybody's going to play. It's, I, not a ba- it's a good problem to have. I just think about it as like an opposing interior lineman and knowing that I'm going to have to go against a defensive line that's going to include Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjobi at the one and the three. Oh, and then, by the way, when they need a blow, here comes Mike Daniels. That is scary to yeah. me. There are no breaks for an opponent uh, w- facing that kind of defensive line. So it would be really, really exciting if they were able to uh, work something out. Yeah, it's ex- it's exciting. and it's But it, it is weird that now that I was like watching it out in practice today, you do wonder to him at 30 years old how – I mean, he wants to win, obviously – but if he was out of practice today, how appealing is it to come in and not be maybe at every I – mean, I imagine he's not an every play guy to begin with, but you are definitely not an every play guy here. Yeah. And then I wonder what he's going to think about some of these other places. I mean, relationships mean a lot, and you have a much stronger connection to this guy than you did Gerald McCoy before, and you had a really good shot with Gerald McCoy. I think getting the first visit is a strong indication that you're among the favorites. Uh, let's just hope it goes better than the McCoy pursuit. The last visitor got him last time. I was. Uh, it, it is. A, is it? A, it's an honor to be the first visitor. But it, if you're selling a car, you don't like letting people walk out. 
and that that's the that's the thing you you worry about now over here over the next couple of days. Well, as the man making the pitch walks by the dog bowl here now, you wonder: is it a case for Mike Daniels? Does he care about money? Does he care about playing time? Does he care about potential to win? Because this team is operating with enough cap space to fulfill that. Playing time, just as Gribble said, it's not going to be an every down situation. But at his age, maybe, maybe he's more interested in a rotational role. Not because your numbers aren't going to be as good and you're not going to get that big contract as a result, but you could maybe prolong your career a couple more years if you're not taking the pounding of an every down situation. So I think that uh, there are some unique details to a potential pairing here that might work in his favor if that's what he cares about. So definitely something to watch, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes after here. I mean, clearly he's keeping his options open, and it, it will be – he says he wants to play for a winner, so what's visit number two? Because clearly the Browns were visit number one. Who's, visit, who, who's the competition in I, all this? I would think Kansas City. They're the, they're the team that's been looking for a lot of defensive line help. They're clearly built to believe that they can win the Super Bowl. I mean, maybe they have a little bit more opportunity. They got a superstar there in Chris Jones, but I don't know what else off the top of my head. They've what else they've, they've got on the defensive line? Yep. That's a team that I would worry about. Um, Anybody be, in the NFC North could the Bears make a run at him? Someone to try to get him. I mean, I think it would be a. a you're right. You're trying to stay in the division. See, correct. The, go, uh, go pull a Gerald McCoy. Yeah. I think they're fairly set in their in their front four. Maybe a Minnesota pairing, but I, I don't really see it there either. They're pretty solid at that position. But then again, you could look at the Browns and say, well, they're solid at that position too. It yeah. just comes down to what, what does he care about more? And we're not going to know that until he makes that decision. We didn't know that about Gerald McCoy either. You know, All signs at the time pointed to him having a positive visit here, and he ended up staying in the NFC South. Does he care about playing the Packers? Or does he care about you know going to a place that's run by people with whom he is familiar and, uh, and the opportunity to go after uh, some victories in a deep playoff run. If you're a veteran, are you rushing to make a decision right now? Absolutely no. not. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Like, he knows these are the absolute dog days of training camp where they push these guys the hardest. Yeah, you might want to wait a few days. Make decision midweek next week, so then you only have a week to get ready for the first preseason game. Uh, and then he, you probably won't even play, right. exactly. which is fine. Yeah, it'll be yeah, an, you're it'll, playing in the second preseason game in the week in Indianapolis. I mean, it it would be a big win to get him in there, but it is again not a desperate situation where you you have him. This would be a truly luxury signing for this team, and it would really because I I do think if if there's a position group that I think will have a player that is not on this team currently on the fifty-three man roster before the first game, I do think it's defensive tackle. But you could you could be just fine with a guy that you're getting from a team that cut that is not a Mike Daniels I mean uh, the uh, a camp casualty you could get you'd feel pretty good about. yeah I think it's a unique situation this year in in that we've had multiple veteran defensive tackles who are still pretty high caliber players who are suddenly available and it's a year in which we don't necessarily need that help but we would like to add that help yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting for sure something to watch and uh, we will have the latest as we get it here in Berea on the best podcast available our soundbite of the day Odell Beckham Jr. talking about how special it could be with Baker Mayfield, but he wants to talk about another part of this football team that's not getting a whole lot of pub. Like I said, I was like, I feel like a lot of people talk about the offense. They talk about Jarvis Baker and 
Joku and we got Chubb Scream and all these. And I'm like, it's crazy because I think the defense is crazy to me. You know, I think our defensive team is going to be a very, very tough, physical, um, hard team to beat. And when you got a team like that, you're going against every single day. You can only get better. There's Odell Beckham Jr. And everybody wants to talk offense, 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 offense. No one wants to talk about the defense. And Freddie keeps reminding you. Yeah. The Some of the coordinators remind you. John Dorsey reminds you. And now you're getting the offensive players now that they're getting a chance to go up against these guys in camp. And I think it was a little eye-opening today for our offensive guys. Yeah, probably for the people up front, too, because, I mean, they were the, the pressure they got on Baker Mayfield, you know, it forced him. He, was, he looked a little uncomfortable at times. And that's a good thing at this point because, A, the offense can work on that, and, B, that means your defense is pretty good. And I think Odell saw that pretty quickly. Yeah, there's a great photo we got of, at practice today of Sheldon Richardson putting his arm around uh, Odell today. And I, I just think that he knows the, the, these players around the league know each other. They've been around in the league around the same, uh, same amount of time, played in New York to get together, different teams, obviously, for a few years. I think there's just a respect factor between what what is going on offensively and defensively on this team. I think that uh, as as much as they he might get on their nerves, I think they know Demarius Randall's a real player and 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 talks, and I think that keeps things lively out there. Uh, it's good to see this this competitiveness back and forth, and I think that we're going to see it throughout the rest of camp. And you might have a scrap or two here and there because both sides like to talk. It's just that one side gets talked about a lot more. But the other side, I I don't think Miles Garrett talked about it too. He doesn't he doesn't care that the offense is getting all the credit. They they know what they have in there, and I think that just from hearing them talk and and all this stuff, it, it seems like they really believe what is is going on with Steve Wilkes at, at defense coordinator and where where he's putting them in position to win. Just go back and and hear the end of Miles Garrett talking uh, at his media availability today. So Odell was waiting behind him and kind of talking a little trash and. They asked Miles what he thought. He goes, how can you not pay attention? He goes, every time the guy catches a ball, everybody gives him a standing ovation. It's like no one's ever seen anybody catch a football before. (laughs) I I mean, uh, I think it'll be very, very fun to watch come Saturday when the pads are on and the defense can hit some people. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that chip on their shoulder is only going to grow and it'll be a positive thing because – there's nothing you an offense doesn't want to face uh, quite like more quite like a, a defense that's angry and is out to prove something and is as talented as this one is. Yeah. Uh, Friday, what to watch for? What are we looking for as we get into Friday? Day two, okay. The 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 newness is worn off of the car. Now we're into training camp. What can we expect? I'll keep my eyes on the the cornerback situation. We haven't talked much about that today, and I, I think that it's worth noting that. Uh, Terrence Mitchell uh, was with the first-team defense today. T.J. Carey got a lot of first-team defense reps as well. Uh, they didn't do a ton with multiple with more than three deep, three corners, so you did see the three-safety look out there with Jermaine Whitehead. But where when do we start to see Greedy Williams worked in a little bit with the first-team defense? He, I mean, he played really well with the second team today, dropped an interception, had to do some push-ups, but he was in the right place at the right time. Uh, just didn't catch the ball. So I think he's still that competition is ongoing, as is the one on the offensive line as well. We'll keep our eyes on who's in that uh, right guard tomorrow. So th- those are really your two starting battles. And then you might throw in an, we saw an Adarius Taylor with the first team defense when they when they use three linebackers. I just I'm not focused on that one as much just because there's probably only gonna be two linebackers on the field a lot of time. Yeah, it's interesting some of the uh, the defensive sub packages that we saw and and, and where certain guys 
we're playing, you know, first, second team, a guy like a Ray Ray Armstrong or, like you said, an Adarius Taylor or a Jannard Avery, where they land so far. And a lot of it is they're tinkering with things and trying new things out, so we shouldn't overreact to much of it. But I also want to see, because tomorrow is, you know, really the last day of safety without pads, which, you know, players love the first day of pads because you get you get to hit somebody. Okay, that's the first thing is you get to hit somebody, but secondly, you get to hear those pads crack and really let it out. You don't have to hold up. You don't have to, you don't have to pull up, you know, early anymore. And before we get to that point, I want to see how Baker Mayfield handles being under duress, being under pressure in the pocket because he was under pressure a good amount today, and he did escape, but most of the times when he escaped, he pulled it down and ran. I want to see him escape and maybe extend the play and throw the football and find somebody open. And that comes with comfort with this receiving core, which he still needs to get reps with. And I just want to see if, you know, maybe he'll improve slightly in that regard. But, you know, again, we're a long way from, from even the first preseason game, so there's a lot of work to do. But I would like to see a little bit of an improvement in that, in that area. I will be interested to see that offensive line. Uh, piggybacking off of what you said earlier, Austin Corbett was with the ones today. Who's with the ones tomorrow? Yeah. Who gets that next chance? You mentioned it, Baker. Both of you mentioned it. Baker was under duress a little bit today. Maybe not the best day for the offensive line. It was the first day of practice. Let's see what happens tomorrow now that uh, thing guys have a little bit more familiarity with one another. Yeah, you know, on that offensive line point, the second team line was interesting to me because it went uh, Brad Seaton, Brian Witzman. Uh, Eric Cush, and then it went Kyle Kalis and Kendall Lamb. And I, I need to see some some quicker feet from Kendall Lamb, but again, it's your first day out there and you're working stuff. And you, again, you don't have pads, and maybe he's more of a physical guy than he is a footwork guy. But it was interesting to see how they moved guys in and out at center and right guard. You saw Kyle Kalis get some center snaps with the third team. You saw Austin Corbett working in, in that area as well. And uh, the new guy, first name is Low. I can't even pronounce his last name. Falamaka. He Falamaka. There it is. Low Falamaka. Rolled right off his tongue. Oh, yeah. Brought in and, and played excellent at center uh, in one-on-ones as well. So, of course, you know, you got to keep an, in, an eye on that interior battle because that's going to be very important going forward. Should be a good one on Friday. The weather forecast looks great again. Four puppies got adopted today. Four. That's good. Big day. Four puppies from the puppy pound are gone. Plenty left if you're coming out to practice. Gentlemen, final thoughts? No, bring sunscreen. It's Sunscreen's important. important. It's, it's, you might be fooled and thinking it's morning. You're not going to get sunburned. There's a lot of people paying the price. Wrong. Today. Look, I put sunscreen on, and I think I'm, I might be a little bit red. And, and you're, bu- good. you're a lot better than you were after yeah. uh, the Odell camp. The, the, the bucket hat is a savior, so invest in proper headwear as well, especially if you're lacking hair like myself. But, yeah, sunscreen number one, and uh, dress appropriately. Also, give yourself plenty of time to get here. Yes. It's become – uh, parking is at a premium, <laughs> and you're going we, to we are, walk. We are literally there. stationed in a neighborhood, not yeah. not set up for great parking success anyways, and then when you throw in thousands of people <laughs> that aren't normally here, it can be a little bit issue, but it was handled well today, I mean, as best as you can. Uh, and I will say also, if you can't be here, there's th- I imagine the majority of our listeners can't be here or aren't even close to Berea. Follow along at, at Browns because we're putting highlights up there very quickly, either from a cell phone or from actual cameras, we have the best angles on everything you could want. I had numerous people compliment uh, our crew today that that are at their jobs that said they felt like they were here, like they yeah. didn't yeah. really miss anything. We had an incredible catch from Odell Beckham early in practice, and they had it up very quickly in slow motion. I think it's still breaking social media. Yes. The first catch has over a million views. All right. <laughs> so we've got that going for us on day yeah. one. All right, we'll see if we can top it on day two. For Andrew Gribble, for Nick Shook, I'm Jason Gibbs. This has been the best podcast available.